ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week is Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you doing? Not not again. I seem to be tied to a chair again. Why? What's going on? Okay, this time it wasn't me. I think this may be David to keep you from nope. running away. You know, you're saying something about breaking me, and 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 now I'm tied well, to a chair. That's that's different. Okay, it's not different. Yes, Mike, it's tied to a chair. Uh, we do not have David with us this week. He is ill. He has a cold, and his throat is all scratchy. So we're giving him a week off. So next week we're gonna do the previously planned episode. This week we have a special presentation from Supernatural Selection. Welcome to Breaking Mike. You, you, you shouldn't have such a glint of glee in your eye when you say that. Well, it's ju- I'm just darned excited. So the basic idea is no notes, no prep work, no holds barred. I'm going to explain a concept I barely understand myself currently. And me and Mike are going to discuss it. Now, before we do that, at the top of the program for housekeeping, I want to say that first off, there is a new store. We had a problem with our old store in that every time someone ordered a product, it charged me. So, and, so you were paying people, paying for people's No, stuff? they were pay, it, They were taking money from the customer, then taking my money, and then giving me back the little bit I made off of the product. Wait, how does that even work as a business? How is that legal? And that is why that store is no longer up. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's not legal. I'm sure they have it in their TOS or whatever. It sure. just sounds like, why would someone want to use that? Well, I, you know, it said print-on-demand. I've used a lot of print-on-demand services. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. I have never dealt with anything quite like that before. It was ridiculous. So uh, that is now gone. We now have a Redbubble shop. That's It's actually part of my old uh, Everyone Comics store. But you can find new awesome merchandise with art that David Davis has done. And uh, I did the inking. He did the pencils and coloring. It all turned out fantastic. Uh, It is some great art of the three of us as cryptids. I'm a gray. Mike is a drinking Sasquatch. And David is, of course, um, a Hopkinsville goblin. I take umbrage in the fact that I'm depicted as being hairy. I am hairy. Not that hairy, though. You're not that hairy. I'm not hair suit. I just thought it was funny that, you know, it just turned out so darn well. So, uh, yeah, you can find that on our site uh, because the URL for the store is ridiculous. So go to supernatpod.rocks, click, click on store, and you can get shirts, magnets, hats, all sorts of fun stuff. Sorry, the cat is being a spaz. Yeah, yes. Uh, Ginger is all about getting some attention at the moment. Well, she's like standing on things that slide, and so she's sliding all over the place. Fantastic. So, um, back to the topic at hand, breaking Mike. So, Mike. Yeah? We're going to talk about the super spectrum. Oh, no. Oh, yes. So, as you know, David and I have both brought up the super spectrum many, many times. Mm -hmm. Often it's just sort of a catch-all for uh, whatever the hell. Yeah. And... 
I've never truly understood what it was until I got a book recently called The Eighth Tower by John Keel. John Keel being a famous uh, researcher, he broke the Mothman story, as it were. He wrote the book, uh, The Mothman Prophecies, that Ah. the movie was based on, loosely. Um, And he's, he's the guy, he writes some of my favorite books because they all have things like uh, in the Mothman Prophecies, there's a great part where he's talking about, he's talking to a woman he keeps talking about the attractiveness of the different women he talks to Hmm. while researching like, well she was an attractive woman, but let me tell you, she wasn't gonna win any Raquel Welch lookalike contests so so he doesn't go as far as to like give him a numeric score no Okay. No, and he, he he never uses terms like uggo or anything, <laughs> but like he's definitely got an interest in the ladies. And um, <clears throat> this book that I'm reading, The Eighth Tower, how to put it, it's sort of a culmination of John Keel being fed the fuck up with the UFO community. Like, Mike, I've talked to you about this before, how... Uh, UFO researchers do not get along. Okay. Like... Yes. Yeah. MUFON and NICAP and all these other groups that existed over the years, they do not get along. And that continues to this day. UFO researchers are not friends. Okay? We'll just say that so, right up front. Okay. So, so like the Simpsons, they're, they're like the Scottish. Oh, yes. Scots don't get along with anyone including yes. other scots yeah it's basically if willie were a ufo researcher he hit the nail on the head <clears throat> and uh he got pissed off about it as one does when you're out there trying to find truth and they also have this this tendency to come up with theories based on no evidence whatsoever like i don't know here's an idea the military the alien military industrial complex that we've discussed. There's yeah. there's the evidence behind that is um well it wouldn't stand up in a court of law. It wouldn't even stand up in a crooked court of law. And uh John got really tired of that and a lot of other researchers and he started developing this theory and there's <clears throat> some marginal evidence to support it. But we'll get into that. So the super spectrum is, um, as me and David have explained it, what, what, what do you know about it? Not much. Sound, every little, little bit you've said, basically anything, it's all from things you've said. Uh-huh. And it sounds just batshit well, pants on head. Okay, yes, right. Okay. Um, the basic idea that me and David understood it was that the super super spectrum is a separate world sort of on top of ours. And that entities that he refers to as ultra-terrestrials shift into our reality. And they wear different masks depending on human belief. So this is just like extra-dimensional, fifth-dimension crap. Yes! Okay. Yeah, this is where it came from. It's like it's like a fancy way of saying all that. Uh-huh, yeah. And, you know, Keel sort of really helped define this idea. So, 
the problem is we're wrong. Sort of. I've been reading this book, and it's dense. It's hard to grasp in places. But the idea... That's what she said. Oh, curse you. That was awful. Yeah. So the basic idea, and, and, and just I want you to strap in for this next statement, Mike. That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to die. <coughs> just so you know. So, the electromagnetic spectrum Mm -hmm. is the super spectrum. It just goes further than we can perceive. You know, visible light and radio waves and all Mm -hmm. that shit being on there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the ultra-terrestrials exist in the much further bands of the electromagnetic spectrum. Um, They're here, but we can't perceive them because of their vibrations, I guess. Not to get all woo-woo about it, but like, you know, it's beyond the infrared and the ultraviolet. So so which way? You can't be both. It's it's not well, like... Well, from what John Keel says that I've I've picked up so far is it's past the infrared. So they're they're just like really hot. No. It it moves beyond that, but here's the thing, his reasoning behind this is and I personally have not really read a lot of this, but John Keel's read more UFO reports and seen more UFOs when he was alive and talk to more UFO witnesses than I'll ever think about. He says that most UFOs and we'll get into this later, but like even ghosts and shit like that, uh, they fade in as like a red blob going through the color spectrum until they hit our wavelength. Yeah. Which is, it, apparently, that's kind of true. They go through sort of a Doppler shift thing. Well, I mean, Doppler shift is just a natural mm-hmm. property of anything that's in motion. Right. I understand that, but it goes through the uh, visible light spectrum as it materializes. So... The, the, the EM spectrum is not a place you one can live. Yeah, but these are not biological entities, is the other thing. They're not biological entities. They appear to be biological entities, but they're not biological entities. When they get here, they take on forms that we can perceive just by you know what we believe at well, the time. Well, so so here's a thing. Okay. Is that, so what you're talking about is direct energy to matter conversion, which mm-hmm. if you can do that, why would you even mess around with anything else? Because you're then, you're then you're just like, you're not even a god. You're just, you know, you could do anything. Yeah, no. So why I, would you even give a shit about 
you know, people, now, humans. Good question. Part of the reason he says that they do this is because they're sort of symbiotic with us. But, but like I said, they, they, they can do anything, so they mm-hmm. don't need us. I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. They, um, and I'm not saying I subscribe to this any longer after yeah. reading the full thing of it. But the idea is that they come and do this stuff, and, and Keel freely admits, I have no idea why they would do this, because, you know, they're unknowable. They're from another dimension. They're not human. They're not even remotely human. They they have their own reasons for doing things. Oh, they're the aliens of the Gap. What? You never heard of the God of the Gap? No. God of the Gap is just a thing that says that, well, you know, think back like, you know, in mid- even before medieval times, prehistory, mm-hmm. you know, when religion right, right, was right. first created. Uh, um, ye- long, long time yeah. ago. So, so God was basically everything that was unknown and unknowable. Mm-hmm. But as we learned more and more, God lived in this, you know, smaller and smaller space yeah. of, okay. you know, our knowledge. Yeah, a gap in our knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, God of the gap just means that God is just everything we don't understand. And what would God need with a starship? So the, and, and these are, since they're unknowable, they're aliens of the gap. Yes, yes, that's a perfect way to put it. Um, but like one of the theories is that like they're symbiotic with us, you know, they exist and their world exists because we exist. But also, he ties like ghosts into the super spectrum mm-hmm. because you know they they affect electromagnetic uh, equip they you know electronic equipment. Uh, so, so one of it, one of his other things he says. Sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you go ahead. I was gonna say one of the other things he points out is the radiation incidents from uh, UFO manifestations, like uh, the grass seeming fine under a UFO, but when you investigate, like the roots are burned. He's saying that's from microwave radiation as it shifts over. And then there's like the whole ionizing radiation exposure thing that we, you and me were talking about. When was it last week? Yeah. Um, you know, all this comes from these things shifting through the EM band. Okay. So the, the EM spectrum mm-hmm. is. Well, not exactly. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, so my that thought there did not. I see. I'm already I, breaking you a no, little. No, no. I just uh, I realized I was about to say something that was not quite true. Okay. Well, that's fine. Hey, but, hey, uh, that's better than a lot of the people I read about. But so, what I had been going to say earlier, what was mm-hmm. that? Oh no, I think I lost it. Well, maybe you'll pick it back up as I go. No, it was. Um, Damn it, I almost had it. Okay. Well, one of the other things he talks about uh, is psychics. Oh, yeah, it was ghosts. Ghosts. So if ghosts are part of the super spectrum, does that mean these aliens are angels? 
Sometimes. Or yes. Yes. Depending on what uh, time in human history they're being observed. Okay. Uh, they, 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 you know, in the past they were perceived as the fae or angels and demons, and now they're seen as aliens and reptilians and shit and ghosts. And uh, psychics are tapping into the super spectrum is how they get their psychic powers. They get in there, and all of our brains are hooked into the super spectrum, but some people's brains are more open to it, so they can they can pull in information and exude information <coughs> into other people. And uh, somehow that's also how uh, telekinesis works? So, so you mean the psychics that famously have uh, never come forward and taken... Uh, the amazing Randy's uh, prize. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Ingo Swan. His his head was dunked in the uh, the the super spectrum constantly. But I I do find this kind of interesting since I got done reading Whitley Strieber. You know, Strieber's big thing is I don't know that they're aliens. I don't know what they are. And he also doesn't know if they're, like, part of human experience. He, he kind of, without ever having read John Keel, describes the idea of the ultra-terrestrial without really getting into the whole um, super-spectrum part of it. And I do love the term ultra-terrestrial. Just makes them seem, you know, like they're the chad of aliens. Yeah, or, or the chad of Earth. No, I'm just saying the aliens, you know, of all oh, the extraterrestrials. Right. Then you have the ultra, they're just one above. The, the Chad Terrestrials. Yeah. Chad Terrestrials. I like that. But it's a very <clears throat> difficult concept. And a lot of it, he spends a lot of his time talking about science. And then throws the super spectrum in to make you seem like it works. Does that make sense? Like, he spends a lot of time... You remember when we were talking about Marconi? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really see how that connected with anything he was talking about except when he was trying to explain the EM spectrum. So, so see, you know, you see a lot of this in, in pretty much any... What would you call them? Shyster? I, Anyone that's trying to push something... Here's the thing about John Keels. I don't know how much of a shyster he was so much as he was. It makes sense to me. Yeah, well, but I, so I today just watched a video about uh, moral panics. Moral panics? Yeah, you know, like the, the, the satanic panic. Oh, the rock yes, and roll panic yes, God. And okay, right, gotcha. And, you know, more recent ones like, uh, you know, the, the, the LGBT panics that are yeah, currently going on. Yeah. And, and the, how the they 5G. <clears throat> and how they start with a nugget of truth and just blow twist up. it for their own purposes. Right. So any any good uh I'm trying to think of a good term for it because, you know, these panic they're these these panics are, you know, meant to whip people up, but hysteria. But I'm no just like anything that Lies. I mean, you know, when oh. you when you base, you take a bit of truth, rabble rousing, and use it to 
you know, further some form of agenda or message or yeah. something. Um, I know, I know what you mean, uh, and there is a term for that that I can't think of off. off but of. yeah, it it all seems to be whether what your intention is good yeah. or not, what your message is is true or not. Not a lot of times, not true, obviously, but you know, you could believe it's true, but you're sure. just deluded. Oh yeah, like uh, like Bill Cooper, yeah, as opposed to Alex Jones, yeah, yeah. Like okay, but, but a lot, yeah. like my, my point is just a lot of this starts with you know a nugget of truth that gets perverted. Sure, for an end. Sure, and I don't want to you know completely shit on all of Keel's ideas necessarily, except for the whole super spectrum part of it now, and that's sad because I really <laughs> love the idea. I think the superstructure like. Reality being a multi-layered structure is a much better hypothesis than it's ghosts in your toast in in your microwave. Okay, we I'm, can agree to disagree. Okay, but like, <clears throat> which would you believe more—an alternate reality, somewhat connected to ours, or ghosts hiding in the radio? Um, how about that ghosts don't exist at all? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I keep forgetting who I'm talking to. <laughs> but I... See, I know I said no notes. I should have made some notes. <laughs> but, like, Keel is really... Um, it's It's obviously the product of a man who has been researching the paranormal for, like, at this... the time this book came out maybe 30 years and is just about done with other people's bullshit yeah and I can also like I I don't agree like I said anymore with the super spectrum but like I understand where he's coming from because like you get this idea and you don't tell anybody this idea but you're working on it, and then you put the book out, and then everybody's going, um, electric aliens? <laughs> no, electric youth. Ele- oh, yes. <clears throat> Debbie Gibson. Yes. <clears throat> so, yeah, I actually, the most interesting part of the entire book so far has been the stuff about Marconi and the death ray. And Mussolini just, like, creaming his jeans over the fact that every fuck-up he made was a way to use it in the war somehow. <laughs> like, I can shut down... Oh, no, I can shut down automobiles. Mussolini's sitting there going, really? <laughs> uh, so, so, you were talking about this before. It's like Marconi's death was probably a good thing on the whole. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Mussolini with, like, proto-EMP... Technology, Tech, yeah, things Holy that are shit. able to like you know disrupt aircraft <clears throat> in flight. God, everybody on this show right now has got like giant flimmy frogs in their throat. What yeah. the fuck? Well, but, I, I just ate some chocolate. So. Yeah, okay, that's fair. No, totally. <clears throat> I mean, like shit, he would have been a threat to Germany. I'm, I'm surprised that it stopped with him, like after he died, that they didn't like well, try to. Continue. I wonder if it was a matter of nobody had the skill to keep going with that. I mean, you think in, they'd be able in to Italy, get his notes and his equipment, and like 
His notes maybe, disappeared. Maybe Italy Mike. fell. It, <clears throat> it, no, it's not just that. One of the things it points out is that his notes disappeared, and it's obvious Mussolini didn't get a hold of those notes. Hmm. And one of the things he did before he died was he had a private audience with the Pope at the time. I think that was Pope Pius, wasn't it? The one that was involved in all the uh, Nazi war atrocities. I don't know. And like when the so, war ended, it was like, here, you Nazis, you come on and through. We get you to South America. So, so you're saying is all of Marconi's notes are in the archive. Either burned or in the archives. Yeah, hmm. actually, to tie it back into another episode, so, he had a very long <clears throat> meeting with the Pope, and Marconi's daughter said, no one's ever going to know what that happened in that room. So maybe maybe the Vatican was like, yes, we could... We could support, but we can't let we can't let Mussolini have this shit. Give it to right. us, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. No, that's totally a thing that could have happened. Um, because shit, I can imagine being the Pope going, "Yeah, I can't take direct uh, action here, but uh, we can definitely hide the death ray plans." Well, it wasn't death. You know rays. what I mean, though. I know. I mean, everyone says you know, well, Tesla death rays. All this was more of you know. Well, no. Remember, there was the experiments in microwaves where he killed like every animal within a radius well, of his home of his uh his uh workshop. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that was you know long more long term. It wasn't an instant death ray. It was like if you're in the same spot for you know five minutes, you die. Sure, which I'm wondering how the hell he survived. I mean, probably because he was in a uh, either a, some kind of protected area or he just being near the transmitter. So, EM radiation. Is this one usually, of those things where there's like an eye of the storm? Yeah. And if you're it, in there, you're fine, but outside of that like two-foot yeah, area, think about everything it, roasts. You think about it, if he was using a tall antenna, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, emission Out and not that, yeah, the emission from it is basically going to be like a donut, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle, it's kind of pinched, so you know, it's, yeah, that's 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 kind of what I thought, but I didn't want to say sphere. it, right? It's it, antennas radiate more towards their sides than they do up and down, man. Can you imagine how Marconi figured out that he was doing something wrong before he found the animals? Like, hey, what the hell happened to my chocolate bar? <laughs> Why is it all melty? And thus M&Ms were born. So, <laughs> I don't know. It just, I didn't think about it until you said it, the thing about the Vatican archives. Now I'm like, ooh. Well, I mean, you know, that's how, that's the apocryphal tale. I don't remember if it's true or not of how uh, the microwave was born. Oh, yeah, the dude with the candy bar in his uh, yeah, he would, pocket. Uh, he is working on, like, microwave uh, long-distance <clears throat> towers or something. Yeah, yeah, the the, the old uh, long-distance feed mm-hmm. horns. So, Which, so, so, kids out there, if you've ever been out in the country, you see these big towers with these weird-looking... They look kind of like... They do look like horns. They look like kind of yeah. like a ram's horn or something. Uh-huh. Like, because it gets really narrow, pointing down, but it goes up and kind of turns 90 degrees. Yeah. What they would do is there would just be this, instead of stringing wire, you know, all this distance, they would just mm-hmm. have these series of relay towers that would, you know, shuttle around phone calls. Yeah. They were high-powered microwaves. Now, and the apocryphal tale is that uh, an engineer 
was up on one of these on a cold night and he would stand in front of the feed horn to to warm up because he it just was found warm. Yeah, he found it got warm and warm there and he had a chocolate bar in his pocket and it melted and you know through that I don't know if he I don't think he built it but he probably told somebody and they yeah, were like probably. hey hey guys my candy bar melts when I stand in front of the bugle horn thing and it makes me feel funny Hey, do that wh- accent. hey, has anybody got this thing where the balls don't work anymore? <laughs> if every time I stand in front of the horn, I get, horn, it's warm and everything, but then, like, my balls make a sizzling noise? Is yeah. that normal? <laughs> I'd have to wonder, you know. I mean, it's microwaves aren't ionizing, which no. we talked about, so he no. wouldn't have any, like, cancer, Spe- but speaking of cooking uh, himself slowly. If you don't know what ionizing radiation is, Mike, can you tell the people what so, ionizing is? All right, so ionizing, so, you know, Kevin, do you know what an ion is? Uh, all right, so an ion is basically an atom that has had one or more electrons stripped away from it. Okay, so, so like so, if it's got six electrons, and it's supposed to have six electrons, and it knocks off, say, four of them. Well, so you not, knock off enough, you turn into another element. But there right. are some that where if you lose just enough, you're like kind of in between. But anyway, yeah, so ionizing radiation just means that it's radiation that has enough energy to when it hits other atoms, it can knock electrons off and turn that from whatever it was into an from whatever it was say like you know hydrogen or carbon or whatever into an ion of said uh, element. And when you're talking about living material, that's kind of bad. Yeah, like say so we your need DNA, that shit. Your DNA made up of you know molecules. If one Adenine, of the molecules cytosine, and a molecule blimey. is made up of atoms, if one of the atoms of that molecule, say it's a carbon, you know, molecule, mm-hmm. and it loses an electron, well, suddenly that carbon uh, uh, atom now has less uh, hold, has less energy, less covalence. That's the word I'm looking for. Atoms per, uh, have covalent bonds to their other atoms. Right. If it loses an electron, that's, that's it has, what key, holds it together. Yeah, it has less bonding energy to the other atoms in the molecule, and it can break apart. And suddenly, mm-hmm. your DNA has just like split in half. Yeah. And so, if your DNA is damaged like that, well, that's how you get cancer. Yeah. So ionizing radiation is basically the bad stuff that can give you cancer. Yes, and there's like an entire uh, UFO abduction I'm going to talk about in the future. Not abduction, I'm sorry. I'm so used to following up UFO abduction. There's a UFO sighting incident, like you said. I would call it more of of an incident from what you've told me. It's more than a sighting. Yeah. Well, there was a UFO incident that, in 1980. That, we're going to talk second about second kind close encounter. Uh, second kind, I think, is visual contact with the inhab visual sighting of the inhabitants. Okay, so this and is... third is where there's like communication. Yeah. So this would still be like first, where you still see it. Yeah, just it's see still it a CE one, but it's uh, it was a big deal, and it involved uh, ionizing radiation at a fuck ton of tumors. Yeah, and we'll get to that in another episode someday uh, in the future. So, and and ionizing radiation also comes in a lot of different forms, flavors. Or, 
flavor. Yeah, I guess so. So you have. I you like know, the chocolate cancer. Wait, no, so, sorry. So you have UVC, I think it is, the, which the, is the bad UV skin it's, cancer. Yeah, it gives it. you. So it'll penetrate. You know, it'll hit your skin and give you skin cancer, but it's not strong enough or penetrating enough to get through your skin. So it's not going to cause like bone, bone cancer. cancer. Yeah. But you have higher, not energy, higher wavelength. That's what I'm looking for. Yes, because you're the. There's energy and wavelength, those two things. Mm-hmm. Energy means it has enough, you know, oomph to knock it, out energy e- is electrons. Speed. But yeah, but wavelength determines how deep it penetrates. Yes. Um, and so higher wavelengths, say mm-hmm. like, you know, alpha and, you know, yeah. other radiation sources, x-rays, things like that can mm-hmm. penetrate deeper and cause ionizing events deeper in your tissue. Yes. And that's uh, and that actually is how Marconi goes into the whole thing. He was trying to develop radar at the time. Yeah. Uh, he, he was experimenting with uh, highway. Uh, you said high, right? Yeah, higher, high, higher, uh, higher wavelength, higher frequency wavelength. Yeah, uh, wavelength because and frequency the, you know, basically are the same. Because you know they use short wave to yeah. uh, do radar because it doesn't penetrate and it bounces back. So I mean, in 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 EM, essence, in EM you have two actual uh, what you call it, not categories, descriptors. Sure. Of it, frequency and wavelength. Yes. They're similar, but not exactly the right, same. Right, Because um, the, the, the wavelength is just your peak-to-peak yeah. you know, energies. And the frequency... That's like the modulation, close. right? How no. fast it's going? Yeah. Yes. So... Frequency... Basically, peak-to-peak uh, peak is wavelength and... Uh, sp- Speed of its movement is your frequency. How often, how quickly it peaks. Yes. Yes. Close enough. Yeah. Close enough for me. Close enough for government work. Yes. But anyway, so in fact, I want to go back to x-rays. X-rays are useful because they... They penetrate all the damn way through. No, they don't. They penetrate only some things. All right. Fleshy material, but not bone. Yeah. Bones block x-rays. But you know our muscles don't, and, right. and, mu- and the muscles do block some of it. So because you can see denser, some muscles, yeah, the denser your mm-hmm. you know meat is, the more X-rays it blocks. That's why yes. X-rays are so useful because they're kind of on that borderline of uh, absorption and going right through. Yeah, I mean. They'll still give you a fucking cancer. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, then because they... I mean, yeah. It's okay. We're going to put you down on this table. Yeah. And we're going to put on a lead apron and go three <laughs> rooms away. Oh, dude. When I when I uh, used to hang sheetrock, we, uh-huh. we uh, did a few doctor's offices with... Uh, we had to hang lead line sheetrock. Oh, my God. Sheet yeah. Rock. No. I understand. Okay. So, I used to... When I was in my youth, dumb and full of anyway... Uh, I piss, would, piss and vinegar. Right? Yeah, I was yes. able to. I could carry a regular right. sheet of sheetrock, like a twelve-foot sheet of sheetrock, by myself. Yeah, the leadback stuff only came in eight-foot sections. Oh no! And two of us struggled to <laughs> hold one of those sheets. God damn! 
Yeah, they, it's just it's like it's not twice as heavy. It's like five times heavier. Well, it's fucking lead. It's lead. It's lead, and it's it. It's just. I just it was just funny that they have a specialty product you can buy oh. lead back well, sheetrock yeah. from doctors' offices. I mean that's yeah no it totally and, and makes was, sense. And then there was like lead stripping that we'd have to put between the joints, like you'd put the lead stripping down say on the two by four where a joint would fall, so you know no X rays could get between the joints too. Yeah, and let me tell you, putting that stuff on the roof on a not roof the ceiling was a bitch oh fuck yeah but luckily luckily some doctor's offices didn't need it because there was nothing above them except attic so you actually didn't have to lead line the ceiling if there was nothing no habitable spaces above them oh wow because the x-rays are just gonna fuck off go cause cancer to birds i guess yeah fucking fucking birds yeah maybe some mice living in your attic yeah super mutant irradiated mice yeah that's a thought yeah so, <laughs> that that, that g- tangent. That went off on a place. But yeah, now, again, the reason we're talking about this and he's talking about this is because ghosts. Yeah, x-ray ghosts. X-ray ghosts. Um, and here's the thing. I kind of get it. Like, you know, when you look at the stuff superficially, um... Yeah, okay, you know, because ghosts, one of the ghost hunting tools is an EM meter. Yeah. And I have to wonder how much of that comes from John Keel. I mean, probably some. I'm sure some pro, you know, early ghost hunter, I can't call it pro, but early ghost hunter read that and was like, ooh. I wonder. And then, you know, using some weird, you know, hacky, hacked together crystal Uh radio, got some weird you know, signals. Yeah. The problem with, you know, those kind of things is that, especially nowadays and nowadays it's kind of bad, but a lot of the stuff that we use is so high frequency. It's not going to register, but back in like, say the forties through the nineties, when there was just so much, you know, regular broadcasts going. Oh on. yeah, and and people Keel talks about that. We'll companies go into that were minute. fighting for spectrum. Oh yeah, I mean they were just like when the when one of the first uh, spectrum auctions went off. I remember when they first started auctioning off spectrums. Like I think it was. Uh, now we're talking about like your like uh, radio station. Yeah, yeah. So. In the and, and when, we're at, but you're talking about like tele broadcast television. And yeah, stuff. when when uh, when things first started going broadcast, first started going digital, like radio uh-huh. and yeah, uh, yeah. television. They started they broad the uh, FAA, not FAA, fuck FCC. There we go. Because the FCC oh, won't let me yeah. be. Let me be. Sorry. So, uh, did a thing where they took all the since. Digital signals don't need as much bandwidth. Mm-hmm. They started auctioning off the uh, unused, unneededly unused, and uh, redundant spectrum. Now, so all right, back up a little bit. All right, when you when you have a TV station, mm-hmm. so you have a, a frequency that's assigned to you. Yeah, you're supposed that- to. You're supposed to transmit on that frequency, right? But there's buffer on either end, so you don't have bleed over. Yeah, so you don't yeah. have you don't have bleed over. 
Um, yeah, hey, which can have you know a cleaner signal which, and all and that. One of the things that blew my mind that people don't understand is that television and radio are all broadcast on the EMF, you know, the electromagnetic yeah, spectrum. It's That's all the same. It's all on the same thing because I had radios that you could pick up television audio because it had that broad of a range. Yeah, and and TV also would uh, they would use more of their more. Uh, bandwidth because they would transmit the audio on one Mm -hmm. carrier wave and the video on another yeah so if you had a tv that had like uh extra audio you could switch over to the spanish language version if there was one Well, that not only that but also just the the signals were separate it wasn't just one yeah but it's frequency that was that was carrying both the audio and video they understand that but that way it also like you know you could have better quality. Yeah. So once once they started going digital, there was a lot more spectrum, and they started auctioning off that. Uh-huh. And now, who first, bought that stuff? So the the first round, I don't know exactly who bought it, but the first round, I remember being so hotly contested. Like you know, you had broadband providers and cell phone providers, and all these people just vying for this spectrum that was right. now free, and uh, towards the end here, like more recently, the more recent ones, it's just been kind of, eh, eh, because who's using it? Yeah, it's just the digital signals have become have are so uh, efficient at usage, uh-huh. and so re- the other thing is uh, signal to noise ratio. Is that you know there's a lot there's so much background noise, you have to be able to suss out the signal from that noise, right? And so digital is just so easy where, whereas, you know, so Kevin, you remember when you were like, use a, you know, dial on your radio. Oh yeah. No, get no. It AM almost, radio, man. Or even FM, you'd get it yeah. almost just right, but you'd still have like static or it'd be kind of like the sound would be crunchy. Mm-hmm. That's because, uh, you were still getting some of that noise in your signal. Right. Cause you were just like peanut it. butter. You were in, chocolate. you were in the buffer. Well, you're in the, yeah, you're not quite, you're not a hundred percent tuned in. Yes. So digital is able to lock on to signals better and, you know, filter out the noise because you have what, you know, error correction and all this built into the signal. So you can have a much more, say, crowded uh, spectrum utilization. Yeah. So, I now forgot where I was going with this. Uh, we we're just talking about the uh, the auctions. Well, before that, where I, where I started this. <laughs> Shit, I can't tell you, buddy. I I remember. Okay, what what what's what's the the, point? the uh the 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 ghost radio? What's that? What are those things called? The ghost radio things? Um, the, uh, I think they're called ghost radios. The, the, actually, the, the PKE meters. Um. Sort of. No. But anyway, so those things, which were basically just, you know, hacked together or hacked up radios. Yeah, they're basically, so, it's like all the shielding and shit's been pulled yeah. off so, so it can pick up interference. You know, today, you know, with so many th- signals being digital, you mm-hmm. know, that just sounds like static. That's just, you know, background noise. You're not going to suss out any kind of 
you know, anything from it, but up through before the digital transitions, you know, being saturated with analog signals, you know, okay. So remember when we were filming and yeah, through we used our, to do, let me throw out there. We used to make short films Yeah, and through our hack together, really long microphone cable, <laughs> we started picking up Mexican shortwave radio. Yes. And this was just, so was, let, me, let me describe the setup. It was just a camcorder, like a off the shelf, you know, bought uh, at, you know, JVC camcorder. JVC camcorder bought at a store, uh-huh. not anything, not even prosumer, just no, whatever you'd no, film just, your freaking toddler's, birth, fi, you know, fifth birthday on mm-hmm. or whatever. We had a, a microphone yeah, in the car. Yeah, it was a, it was a, not even a condenser mic, just like a really basic, uh, trying to remember what kind of it used like just normal headphone cables yeah. to hook and we up. had a very i had like a 50 foot headphone cable plugged into the camcorder <laughs> on one yes. end and yes. run into the car so we're doing it basically the setup was like there was a camera at in, in the, the driveway back. yes no no it was set up in the driveway mm-hmm. in front of the car we had a camera looking in through the windshield with you know two people in the car we had a wire part behind it with headlights to obscure whatever was behind us there's just a wire run alongside Mm -hmm. and into the car to a microphone stashed in the car Mm -hmm. and then through some of the takes we picked up very clear not not, okay yeah sort of clear it's very quiet yeah it was clear but quiet mexican radio like a dj or somebody not a dj because i don't think there was any music there was, there was there was a little music a little bit of music there was they, some mariachi. it was talking and you know it mm-hmm. through this this setup this this thing that was not designed to pick up radio signals obviously picked up radio it was signals highly unshielded well yeah i mean and that's the point is that you know any anything any circuit that is designed to amplify mm-hmm. can theoretically pick up a signal like that well yeah and like in today's world it's less common but like when we were younger if you were watching tv and somebody turned on a blow dryer in the house oh yeah well your fucking picture is just fucked until their hair's dry yeah so 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 my point was is that you know through up through the 80s and 90s I could see use of stuff like that was just a lot more fruitful because you would, and, and don't these like spirit box things like scan through yes, randomly the basic scan through I, signals? Yeah, the basic idea is it's basically just constantly going through the AM FM band and yeah. you sit there and you hear noises and voices in the static and transitory stuff. Yeah, and so so you'd easily just be coming across stray signals of you know some DJ saying some shit. Yeah, or even just you know other audio that sounds weird. And speaking as a former uh, shortwave enthusiast, uh, you remember the antennas I had? I I had two wire antennas that I would hook up. uh, One plugged into the radio. And the other one was supposed to hook to the antenna on mm-hmm. the shortwave. And what I would do is I would run uh, the cable that plugs in around one wall of the room. Yeah. Then I would attach the other wire and run it around two other walls of the room. 
and yeah. it would give me pretty good reception to the point where I managed to pick up audio from uh, like Chinese radio stations that were probably being rebroadcast. But I did pick up a lot of stuff out of like North Carolina. I picked up audio from uh, Radio Cuba. Yeah. Which was one of my favorites. I'm pretty sure Castro had the DJ that was semi-pro-American murdered. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, he did. So, but yeah, so so radio frequencies and signals. I don't know what else to say about them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I understand like, and it was probably easier to do back then, but... It was also easier to pick up random weird shit because, yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's another thing about that is there's a new file, uh, audio file format coming out that people are saying it could revolutionize the EVP world. You know, you know what EVP is, right? Yeah, uh, electronic voice phenomenon. Phenomenon. Thank you. I was do, about to do, say do, 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 do. perineum. No, that's not it. Uh. And I'm like, because it's such a higher quality audio file, it it can get more data, you know? And they're saying, oh, this could revolutionize it. I'm like, yes, or it could completely destroy it. Because you can hear what's actually there. Well, yeah, I mean, all audio formats are basically uh, compression, unless you're talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, flack, but... Right, which we're not. And and by compressing something, you always lose some fidelity and some information. Yeah, but you can also gain weird stuff in that compression. Artifacts. Artifacts that can be misinterpreted as other things. It's kind of like all the digital shit from, uh, you know, digital uh, visual distortions that people say are the lizard people. Yeah. Which, there's been a couple where I'm like, man, if they're not a lizard person, that's the most... unlucky if they are a lizard person i'm just saying like that man there's some fucked up ones i mean how bad is their you know disguise technology that it just fails at random intervals oh yeah man it's awful (laughs) like that one dude have you seen that one video of that guy that's like uh one of obama's uh bodyguards and he turns his head and he just kind of turns into voldemort for a second i think so Sounds yeah, he looks like a normal bald dude, but like as he's turning his head, looking around, it just suddenly uh, no nose, and his eyes get weird, and his ears get pointy, and everything, and his head shape just completely changes. It's like, yeah, it's digital artifacting, but damn, it's some freaky digital artifacting. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not saying I'm a belie- I'm a believer in that, but man, if I were dumber, it's like a uh, you know I was. When I first found out, so you know, I knew knew about MP3s and stuff for a while. Oh yeah, no. But when I when I Napster. learned that uh, that MP3s came about because they uh, modeled the human hearing response and figured out, you know, how we heard sounds. Really, and were able to take an audio file, not not someone that buys, <laughs> you know, monster cables, a, but an audio. F-I-L-E. Yeah, an audio source and compress it using an algorithm that knew how we heard things and basically threw away all the data that it figured we couldn't hear. Oh, wow. 
and that's what an MP3 is. Holy crap! That's the problem. Is is that it's it's like a ninety percentile model mm-hmm. in that you know ninety percent of the people. Yes, that's their hearing range, but, but there are ten percent of the people who, which most audio files hearing with range. pH think mm-hmm. they're in that ten percent. But can tell, you know, there's something yeah. off about it. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I'm not one of those people, but no. I get that. And, and of course, you know, it, and it's 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 neat. There are actually. quality settings, but yeah, in in its basic terms, it just uh, does that. It just is able to make assumptions about human hearing and sometimes those aren't that right. Way. Well, yeah, yeah. but. Okay, so and, and newer formats obviously do better at it. Oh yeah, no, and I can't wait to find out about these and go. I don't get I mean, it. I mean, we have better formats now, like AA, what A, AC, one of those. It's some, something like it that. Has that's A's the, and C's in the AAC. Yes, because yeah, that's. Um, I think that's like a lot of audio books are in that format. Which yeah, I it's, think it's, it's a, funny. It's a lot better than yeah. MP3, but yeah. you know, MP3 is kind of like the the stalwart everybody it's, knows it in fact if you listen to any streaming it's like the stuff, cd of yeah, of, of, of uh, digital digital well, of media digital files digital files audio yes. files but no if you listen to anything streaming it's never an mp3 anymore it's usually aac or yes. some other you know newer format yeah so there's something i need to talk about sure. that he mentions yes. in the book Involving now that we've had another tangent, yes, please, please divert us yes, from this tangent back to the rails. In, yeah, let's get back off the rails real quick, okay? Um, so one of his uh, his things, he, he makes this statement uh, as proof of the super spectrum. And I'm gonna say this, Mike, and yes, uh, I'm listening, I'm waiting for you to throw your headphones off and storm out of the room. He says that science now completely accepts the idea of sentient radiation. What science is he inferring? I'm guessing he's smoking it. I mean, no. No, no. There's several statements like that, but that's the one that really stuck with me. Um, So I'm not done. I'm like 20% of the way through this book, and it's already... Knee deep in cuckoo bananas. I mean, you know, like I said earlier about you know nuggets of truth and perverting it. It's like, I mean that that's uh, that and, statement. And that's one of his bases for the ultra terrestrials living in the EM. That statement that takes it from you know misguided understanding to almost malicious. Is this Kanye levels? No, I mean it, that. I mean that is just a lie. I yeah, mean, no. That's a, well. I'm sure he meant like a guy, and that I mean, guy. Maybe if he knows someone who might be like a material science who has weird, wacky beliefs, which it, we're talking about. But John no, Keel and I, I. But no high I energy physicist would no. say, "Oh God, oh no. yes, there's there's sentient radiation." No. And and I'm saying that this being John Keel and knowing the circles he moved in is. Complete. This isn't like J. Allen Hynek, the 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 one of those UFO researchers I would trust. You know, the guy yeah. that was a fucking physicist that became a believer 
Yeah. You know, or like Stanton Freeman, nuclear physicist, got into UFOs. No. This, John Keel... I don't even know what John Keel did for a living before somebody saw UFOs. I guess he was just sitting there going, hope somebody sees something weird soon. <laughs> but like... um. The circles he moved in, I can completely see him having run into like three different people that told him, yeah, no, dude, radiation's like totally alive. I could see him running into that, and I still don't think it was malicious on his part. I mean, I don't say, I don't, I don't mean malicious like he meant ill will. I think it was just, it's more of he made shit up and believed it. I think he gathered like information from people and that information wasn't correct and he put it all together and and, and like it's like maybe, trying to build in a building on eggs. Maybe maybe someone he trusted said this, you know, science accepts yeah. sentient radiation. Ma- maybe. And, and one of one of the things That's a banana boat statement. That is there. really insane. Uh, like here, here's another great thing is, uh, you know, a lot of the books me and David read for this show, thankfully have references. Like you could, you know, it it lists where it gets information, you know, and admittedly, sometimes you go back and you're like, well, you completely misread that, but they have, they, they cite their sources. John Keel does not do that. All right. (laughs) John Keel does not do that. And, um, Holy, holy Lord. I can't wait to finish this book and we'll do like a full on episode about the super spectrum. But I knew that sentient radiation thing would really kick in the gonads. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a theory is that it's, uh, it's, it's the ultra terrestrials are sentient radiation. So, so yeah, that um, was the piece I was missing at the very beginning, which is they, they, don't live in the they, spe- are they are the spectrum. Yeah, that's just wow. Yeah, they're living wavelengths within the EMF. I know. Um wow. They're they're they're, they're the living color mauve. <laughs> wait, wait, Mike, you remember in the Hitchhiker's Guide? What about a hyper intelligent shade of blue, yes. Yeah, a hyper intelligent uh, shade of blue. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Well, it's more of like ultra, ultra blue because it's, you know, so high in the spectrum. Yeah. Speaking of spectrum, I got questions about Keel, but you know, I'm going to look into that. Uh, um, yeah. Others. You're the talking about other, other spectrums. spectrums. Yes. Uh, well, Mike, we've been talking about this for an hour. Mm, wow, that was a lot more than we expected. I that's way more than because I'm because I here, went on like thirty tangents. And, well, I mean, I'm sitting there at the twelve minute mark, going, "There's no way <laughs> I'm gonna have enough shit, and Mike's gonna have enough shit to get past fifteen well, minutes." Luckily, I had enough rum, and that <laughs> propelled us down and several was, shoots. And it was insane enough that you had stuff to work with. Yeah. <clears throat> now that being said, uh let's do some questions. Oh no. Oh yes. So as usual, we're going to start with Mr. Ghost Forge. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to misgender him. 
uh, Ghost Forge for both of you. We'll so, so yeah, so the esteemed Ghost Forge. The esteemed Ghost Forge. So I was just about to say, there's so so. How do you like give uh, they? Well, no, I mean, but but so you know, we have Mister as kind of like an elevated, you know, respectful version. like with Mister David Davis. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, not to there's like, Miss I'm, I'm not gonna and Mrs. I'm not, and Madam. Yeah, I'm not gonna like not saying this as a you know oh how do we you know yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying there there needs to be a like Mrs. bigger version of them. M- oh, and M- a oh a more, of them. Yeah, okay. more titled version of them. The esteemed works. Yeah, I like that. And then uh, the, there's the. The Themperer. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Themperer is now the Mister of uh, non-gender specific terms. So everybody, start using Themperer. <laughs> themperer. What does Themperer Ghost Forge uh, ask of us? Oh my God! Actually, I was just gonna say something else there. Uh, let's not forget my favorite. Insulting non-gender specific term, you tubby bitch. <laughs> so, I don't know that, that that seems a little feminine. Bitch to me. is non-gender specific to me. Uh, you Mike, mean, you a bitch? S- sort of. You're a bitch. It it, it does convey certain. Sure, sure, but l- language evolves, and we can make it happen. Like, like I mean, we are the ionizing radiation on the DNA I, of language. I will, I will call anybody a dick. Sure. But that doesn't mean it doesn't naturally have some gendered connotations. That's because fair. being a a body part that is sure. usually male, male, yeah. But so, anyway, so anyway, Emperor them- Ghost Force. Yes, <laughs> and you're welcome for that. Uh, for both of you, Tolkien's idea that the universe is made of music. How much stock slash belief do the both of you respectively have in it? What do you do? You want to go first, or you want me to go first? Yeah, because I've read uh, chunks of the Cimmerillion. I know what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, Iluvatar. Uh, I can't remember the first part of that name, but the uh, the big good god of uh, Tolkien's universe began singing. Uh, to create the universe and the, uh, you know, the angel types like Gandalf and them, yeah, and the higher versions, the Einar and all that stuff, they sang along, and uh, Satan came when Melkor sowed a discordant harmony into it, and that's where evil comes into the world. Yeah. And uh, the basic idea is that the universe was created by music. Yeah, and uh, the universe is a it. It's not even so much how it's made of music. It's more of the universe is a song. Yeah, and evil is the so, discordant uh, non harmony. So, I guess. so it's a musical. So, what you're oh. saying is Peter Jackson should have made musicals of the uh, Lord of the Rings. Where's your gun? No, uh, <laughs> it's it, no. That's not even it. But, but um, from what you're saying, it sounds like it should have been. I, they could have done that, and I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I'm Aragorn. Then, then yeah. it would really be easy to have Tom Bombadil. Oh, fuck you. There's <laughs> a the- Nobody knows what Bombadil is, by the way. 
I, I think it's Tolkien. That's his I, self-insert. See, that's some, what some people say, but I think Bombadil is just an embodiment of the song because he says he was there before anything else came to Middle-earth, which is impossible unless he's a byproduct of the existence of the universe. He's, 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 he's you know how, like, in a song, it'll, like, trail off and just be, like, you know, oh, the fade out? The fade out. Yeah, that's Tom Bombadil. He's just the fade out of the creation song. You know, that makes as much sense as any other theory I've ever heard online. Uh, but, like, I love how people talk about Bombadil. Like, you know, shows up, hands out sor- swords, flips around and puts on the one ring with no consequence, and then just fucks off for the rest of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I've not read the stories, but I've heard talk of oh, Bombadil. Yeah. Hey ho, Dario! So anyway, Tom Bombadillo. Back to the question. Yeah. How do? You, how's I that don't put even? stock in it, and I don't believe it, uh, considering it was written by Tolkien, who made up the entire thing to have an excuse to write music in a language he made up. But I think it's a beautiful idea, and as the basis of a religion, you can do a lot worse than saying. We are the embodiment of beauty. I don't know, Kevin. Maybe the Big Bang was just a shredding power chord, just a no, no, just a you know this that that power chord hit just like that's what I think the Big Bang sounded like. Oh yeah, no, oh oh, like those mines in uh, the second Star Wars prequel, uh, except except bad bad badass, not badass. There is no bad ass. But no, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's the other way around that, the, you know, the universe makes music. No, I think that's true as well. I, but, you know, made the universe. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that, like, no, I, I agree. The universe is music. It is music, but it isn't made of music. It makes music. I agree yeah. with that, which in a way is more beautiful to me. Nature is a is a is a musical cacophony that I'm sure if you could step back enough and hear all of it, it would be stunning. And or, that you'd or, or just never sound like, hear. you know, fifty six K modem tones. It just sound like fu- a fucking chicken house in the middle <laughs> of summer. Just just nothing but chicken sounds and fart noises. <laughs> that's it that's all the universe would be (laughs) in a just world yes yeah so i don't believe that i don't put stock in it but i think it's a beautiful idea and you know if i were to have to start a religion yeah okay the church of eddie van halen (laughs) yeah let's go with it so we have a question from holly jolly christmas no, David's Holly. I know. If your home were under siege, a la Hopkinsville, but you could choose the cryptid, which would you choose and why? Under siege? Come on, give okay. me some context. Okay, the Hopkinsville goblins? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, the. Yeah. Fa- it's, a, it's a family. Yeah, just, it's a family. Uh, it's two yeah, families of carnies playing poker and then yeah. goblins attack. 
Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, and they're just shooting at them oh. for hours before running into town once they disappear. So if you could choose the cryptids in that situation, what would you choose and why? I, I think anything else would pose, pose more of a threat. I'd go with the goblins because, honestly, it, it kind of sounds like one of them old school shooting galleries. Yeah, it sounds like they're the just BB like gun. having fun and like taunting. Oh, yeah. Like, like you know, to, to believe the, you know, as stated happenings. Yeah. It just sounds like they were just messing with people like going, oh, shoot at me. Oh, no, you missed. Ooh. Oh, well, no, they didn't miss. They'd hit well, them. It would make a thong oh, sound. Yeah, and then they would like flip backwards and giggle running off into the woods. Yeah, if, if that was the like chupacabra or some shit, you'd be dead. Oh, no. Yeah, no. The they'd Wendigo, be just tear clawing you through the windows and shit. Bigfoot. You know, Big, oh no, dude, dude, rocks dude, at you. dude. I, yeah, no, that Bigfoot Ape Canyon, that shit happened. It did not go well. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't see it going well unless it's like ghosts, like just shooting at ghosts. They can't really do anything except like move your balls around. The o- well, the only thing I'd worry about is if I had like a, really a twelve or thirteen. Well, you know what they mean. Anytime somebody says cryptid these days, they mean anything within the range of the paranormal, yeah. which is I really want to take cryptid back for the possibly existing animals. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, ghosts, I mean, the worst that could happen is you've got, like, a 13-year-old daughter going through puberty, and it's activating her psychic stuff, and you have a poltergeist scenario, which we need to talk about poltergeists in an episode. Poltergeists. Poltergeists. Yeah. Uh, I would honestly, I'd just go with the goblins, because that would be way more fun than anything else. Sounds like the best case scenario. Yeah, I think they had the best case scenario, because if it was the greys. I mean, anything else is going to, like, fight back, shoot back, Or freeze you, take you on the ship, and And do things. Probulate you. Yeah, I don't want to get probulated, so I'm going to go with the goblins. Yeah, I hate to say it, Holly. We're we're both pretty much uh, just them goblins. Anything else is just a nightmare. Yep, pretty much. All right, and we've got one last question from Mr. David Davis. So he's going to not be on the show, but he's going to ask us questions. I see how it's going to be. Hey, as long as he's on the show somehow. So he has a question. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the best pop culture depiction of Bigfoot ever? I watched a Goofy movie today, and I think that movie has a strong contender. And I remember... I thought that was in the second one, but no, that was the first one. That was the first one. Because they were driving to go to that concert. So, what was it? Power, power Line? Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Well, they weren't going to the concert, and then Max fucked them over. <laughs> I've... I don't think I've ever seen a goofy movie. It's really good, actually. It really shows you, hey, I think Pete is like physically abusing his son. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, It gets it gets dark a little. All right, so so best (laughs) no matter what we think the best depiction of Bigfoot is. What we we, think it is. Yeah. We we can definitely agree that it's not gonna be the, the 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 movie that came out like what last year. Or was like son of Bigfoot. Oh, God. Yeah. Which has implications. Yeah, that... Big- I mean, not even implications. It's straight up stated that Bigfoot, you know, had sexual relations well, there's with a, a lady. N- look, 
here's the thing. There is enough Bigfoot erotica online that I could believe, and it's written by women, that I could believe that Bigfoot showed up and was like, Hey, baby. How you doing? How you and doing? And she just, she just like, ah! Could you? And then like snail trails. Pitching that movie to an exec, to a, to a studio. All right, so, so this kid's mom, he's, he's half Bigfoot because his mom had sex with Bigfoot. Mike, hmm. I'm going to ruin your night. Hmm. That was five years ago. That was five years ago? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought yeah, it was that, like last year or the year before. Yep. No. And do you remember in that movie when we saw the clips, Bigfoot was wearing blue jeans? Yeah. They had like, I'm looking at a picture. He has Reed Richards stripes. Oh, yeah. No, I remember. And, and, and but the, 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 the most, I think you may have mentioned this before, but the most batshit thing is he had magic powers. Magic powers. From and Bigfoot. the kid said, I have magic Bigfoot powers. What the fuck? What magic Bigfoot power? Bigfoot's power is... Uh, blurry. N- yeah, not getting shot often. And being blurry. Oh, no. Oh, no. They just showed a picture of his mom. Yeah. This freaky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't kink shame. Um, I'm just saying, dude, like, I, I, I'm sitting here going, hmm? Okay, that's Bigfoot, sure. But, uh... Uh, great, you're looking it up now. Of course I'm going to look it up now. What am I not going to look it up? Oh, no, Mike, he's aware of Bigfoot, because they oh, have yeah, a that's right. of Bigfoot. The man yeah. is like a normal dude that turns into a Bigfoot. What the fuck? This is just a weird movie. Anyway, so, this is not the... This not, is not it. This is terrible awful we should probably hate watch it just yep. you know yep for funsies yep never never again no i mean we should hate watch it we should, we should oh, watch it oh, as a oh. as a group and talk about it sometime oh i love the fandom for this one character in the movie that goes to the kid's school and uh her, the character's name is just girl <laughs> literally unnamed character just says on on the there's a son of Bigfoot wiki website. Oh god. And the girl's name is fucking girl. Oh. Whoa, that's just I there that is way more than I thought there was going to be, dude. Yeah, no that's that's a thing. It's quite a thing. What So anyway, do you want to go first? What's your uh um you know what? I was going to say what we talked about earlier. Yeah. I'm going to go with The Legend of Boggy Creek. As the best depiction of Bigfoot? Yeah, sure. The dude in the ghillie suit and that song and everything. I can get with that. Also, they don't... uh, I wanted to give that other one to you because I do really like The Legend of Boggy Creek. Well, you know, I think you have personal ties to it, so, you know, whatever. But, you know, I guess I would have to say, because it's really the only one I could think of, was Henry and the, Harry and the Hendersons. Did I said that right? You did that time, yes. I keep saying it Henry and the Hendersons, which is not right. Henry and the Harrisons. Henry and the Harrisons. Oh, my God, Mike. Do you know what the name of the family is in Son of Bigfoot? 
Huh. The Harrisons. Of course it is. It's the goddamn Harrisons. Well, 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 on Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter for Son of Bigfoot is 75%. What the fuck? But a 41% audience score. You're goddamn right. But yeah, no, no, I mean, you know, Harry and the Hendersons. And then the movie, not the TV show. The TV show was god-awful. Yes. It was like, the TV show was like Alf, if Alf was not funny. Yeah. It, it had the suit from the movie, and it had the same guy playing Bigfoot, Harry, Yeah, in the show, uh, which was uh, Kevin Peter Hall. All right. He played the Predator. Uh, yeah. And uh, he was also in Misfits of Science. You mean the show that didn't exist? Shut up! It existed. <laughs> it was great. He he was super tall, and in the sh- in Misfits of Science, he was like really upset about that, and he wanted to be normal size. And he accidentally gave himself the ability to shrink, but only to like super tiny and not his clothes. So there was a shocking amount of naked black man on that eighties TV show. <laughs> In that 80s TV show that didn't exist. Shut up! It fucking existed! It was awesome! You keep saying it, but I have no memory of such a place. Fuck off. It was a great show. Yes. Anyway, point is... uh, You're probably right. Mine is more personal. And yours is... Objective. (laughs) The movie... I mean, I haven't seen it in... Probably 30 years. Oh, no, but it's got like John Lithgow in it and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm, yeah, I think we have determined that it was actually uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Hender and the Harrisons. No. (laughs) And then Ghost, Ghost Forge posted this freaking comic, uh, Called that time I got sent to another world, but I'm a Sasquatch, so I have no frame of reference for what's happening. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's great. And uh, Holly's comment of them some buttery squatch nips. Yeah, no, that is quite the uh, quite the pose orangutan there. Yeah, <laughs> that is certainly the pose orangutan. God, I want to throw that into a fucking Poe gathering so bad. Um, but yeah, thanks for the questions, guys. Um, again, hopefully David will be back up to scratch next week, and we can come back and talk about some Men in Black, because, man, that is going to be some fun. Yeah, it'll be fun talking about those uh, Will Smith movies. Oh, you fucking <laughs> wish. We are the Men in Black. Galaxy Defenders. Yeah, okay. Great. You got me to do that. Shut up. So, that's it for this week. Um, you know, you can find everything about the show on supernatpod.rocks, including our news store, a new post in the news section about me, Peter, and, uh, you know, links to the Discord. You can find us now on Mastodon. You can find us at supernatpod at horrorhub.club. We're still on Twitter, but we are not really posting there. 
you can uh, basically find us there. Again, find us on the Discord. We have a lot of fun on there. You want to ask us questions, that is a great place to do it. Uh, we also have a patron that's going to have bonus stuff, including probably more of these, but more where I deliberately try to destroy you, Mike. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, Men in Black or uh, whatever the title's going to be. And we'll see you then. So, until next time, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Good night. Living radiation. Oh, God. No. Yeah. Living ass cheeks. Living orange butt cheeks. (laughs) Orange. All right.